0: Welcome, by the way, thank you for joining. It's always great to, to look out and to have interaction and, and to see Happy Smiling Mask, it's really wonderful. Uh, for those of you who are online and this is being simulcast again, uh, welcome, thank you for joining us. Uh, we have a, something on the screen that is actually the title for this week's message. It says, the good news, we all fall short I I think everyone understands, most people will understand the concept of an oxymoron. Those are two statements that are made together that are absolutely exclusive of the other one. So today we have an oxymoron that we're going to spend the next several minutes working through. The first part of it is good news. We're all sinner rat dogs. (laughs) That's a little Greek interpretation of what's on the screen today. Uh, this is, this is going to be our focus that the good news is when we realize we fall short, we're finishing and moving through actually a nine week study at this point of the book of book of Romans. It was a letter written to the church at Rome by the apostle Paul. Uh, he wrote it to them. They were in a period of confusion and a political chaos, uh, immorality, uh, Almost beyond measure was taking place uh, at Rome at that time, uh, 2,000 years ago. But the letter is just as applicable to us today as we live in a, a time of COVID-19, political chaos, immorality increasing uh, in ways that we, most people are shocked to see the speed with which evil is moving inside of our country. Um, but so, the good news we all fall short. We pull it together in a couple of verses uh, that, that that were given to us. It says, for there's no distinction. This is the Apostle Paul, and this is the main verse for today coming out of Romans chapter 3. There's no distinction, no difference, no nothing that for all of us, each person has sinned. And we fall short of the glory of God. We take that as a very simple statement. We've all sinned. That's a, in the original language, that's, that's a statement of fact. We've all sinned. But the next verse becomes more uh, uncomfortable. It's we all continue to sin. It's a continuing tense in that next part. So we've all sinned, and we all continue to sin. Even the most righteous, even the most holy will continue to sin. This, this sounds like bad news. But the next verse changes it. Uh, Jesus was talking to religious leaders at the time who were walking in self-righteousness. They were claiming that they were above sin, that they walked holy without violating the law. And so Jesus responds to him because they had, just, they had just come to Jesus and said, why are you hanging out with sinners? Why are you hanging out uh, with, with people who are... Uh, immoral? Why are you hanging out literally at that time with tax collectors and prostitutes at the time? And so Jesus responds to him. He says, those who are well, I don't need a physician. But those who are sick need one. I have come not to call the righteous, or in this case, their case, the self-righteous, or the self-righteous here today. He says, but I've, I've come to call sinners to repentance. We've we spent some time on this, this word repentance because it's one that's, uh, that's captured my imagination that is something that I, I reflect on actually in my own life. It says repentance is to change one's mind for the better. Okay, that's easy, but here it is. Heartily to amend with abhorrence one's past and present sins. With abhorrence. Can it be stronger? When we see sin in our life, past, present, and potentially future, with abhorrence, with, oh, no, not that. That is true repentance. When it cuts to the quick, when we, no, I don't want to do that again. But this is our oxymoron. There's bad news. We all sin. But there's good news. Christ came for sinners like me. And if you're honest, for you, for each person, that's who Christ came for. So today we start with this foundation. This is good news. Jesus was sent to save me from my sins. You're those who, you know, who, who don't think they're sick, uh, don't need to be healed, well, today is not really for you. Without a doubt, though, each honest person examining our lives will have to admit there's clear objective evidence of the diagnosis that we all sin. Uh, we sin from the beginning to the end, from womb to tomb. No one escapes it. It's part of the reality of human nature. You know, we hurt those that we don't want to hurt. We say things that causes damage that, that we we don't want to, to do. And, and we have feelings inside of anger, maybe, or jealousy uh, inside of ourselves. And, and, and we know that they're just not right. But they continue to to crop up inside of ourselves. We battle in our minds, uh, depression, anger, fear, anxiety, personality disorders, uh, many people in our culture today have come to hopelessness to the point of even considering suicide. It it's becoming an epidemic and it's the number one killer of young boys in our, in our country today. Used to be car accidents for young boys when they got their first vehicle and wanted to show how macho they were, and they met a telephone pole. Now it's suicide. Can you imagine? We've come to that place. Uh, Many are struggling with areas of sexuality and, and, and charged in this morally corrupt culture that we live in, battling thoughts on the inside. Financial decisions can sometimes pop up. We make these decisions and we think, oh, they're so innocent. And yet at some point down the road, we find out that we're deeply in debt. And we're not like the government. We can't keep printing. So we recognize these sins in our lives. We struggle against temptations that stru- destroy our physical health. We'll mention this a couple of times. 90% of the diseases in our country, of if you will, ongoing, continuous diseases, are self-inflicted. Just by lifestyle choices. Just sins that we do against ourselves you know sin is an issue when we break god's written and known moral code we violate and ignore the moral compass that dion talked about last week that's in all of us our conscience that points to what is right and what is wrong all sins damage the holiness of god so so it's a big deal we're in need of forgiveness we're in need of a savior Uh, we're in need of jesus christ but the one thing that that I, i i i selected this picture for a reason See the, the ground in front of that cross is basically level. We're all the same place. We're all sinners. We all sit in a place where uh, I can't look down on anyone else's sin, and, and you can't look down on anyone else's sin as greater than yours. We all stand convicted before a holy God of sin of thought or action or attitude. It's level. We all all need this message today. We all need a physician that's there. We all need to repent. And the word that we'll use several times, if, if we do that, there's incredible good news. We started this series with a very simple statement right at the beginning of Paul's letter. He he talks about uh, that he is not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel simply means good news of jesus christ Uh, because salvation in the gospel the good news that jesus came is for salvation to everyone who believes here's the condition to the jew first to the greek to any and every person race culture economic background for in this gospel is the righteousness of god is revealed to us god shows us his righteousness when he sends jesus christ to remove our sins and to pay for him that's just promise. And I, I love this picture. It's actually a screensaver that I have on my computer just to remind me. I, I again, that's, yeah, I, I don't walk around with my daddy hanging gone. Uh, but isn't that a picture? Forget the image I just gave. Uh, <laughs> but isn't that a picture? Here, here we are in the middle of of chaos of our world but yet we walk literally connected with the living god who'll guide us and take care of us that's that's the gospel that's the good news and recognize how we get in that relationship it's not by religious works that we do because they're not going to do it what gets us there is by faith in jesus christ the son of god that's the main point for today he came for us we need to grab the hand and walk let's celebrate that would you join me in prayer heavenly father we do stop and we do reach up to acknowledge your presence here to acknowledge your love and to acknowledge our sin we have hope because of christ let us learn more about that and 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 love deeper today as we review that pray in christ's name amen again to help us and to understand the brokenness of people we're going to watch a very short video but in this video three people are going to be presented to us a thief on the cross most of us are familiar with this scene as as he's dying for his crimes right good judgment that's what he deserved he's going to turn to encounter he's going to turn and encounter Jesus at the last moments of his life but he's going to talk about a woman caught in the very act of adultery thrown out in public to be condemned and stoned to death which the law said should happen at that time and then we're going to we're going to find a terrorist who was killing and imprisoning christians until he encountered jesus let's watch the video love the video three people exciting news they're in heaven They're healed. They're done. The the thief, that moment, Jesus says, you'll be with me in paradise today. The woman, go and sin no more. Qualifies her and points her toward heaven with God's grace and forgiveness around her. Now, the the terrorist, uh, he hung around for a while. He wrote the letter we're reading. (laughs) That's Paul the Apostle. Now, the, the challenge to each of us is to not remove ourselves from the video. Why I love the video is each one of us has a story that every, each one of us that knows Christ has a story that can go on that screen. Because he encountered each of us if we admit our sin in our sin. He came to us because we were broken. So that's really the very simple message that we have today. It's those who will admit we're sick whether we're the woman in adultery, the thief, or the terrorist, that we repent, that we change one's mind for the better. We look back our sins and, and we, we, we heartily work to amend them with abhorrence of the things that were before. This is our challenge for today. You know, s- sinners uh, like me, like you, like everyone we run into Uh, The conditions are are very straightforward. We just admit our need for that. This is the good news of Jesus Christ that we have uh, to each of us who are listening. You know, if we change our mind, God is instant to respond. But it's the big if that we have. But let's, for those of you who may be uh, not in confusion, uh, but looking for more words to go along with this, let's look at some verses that talk about some responses to sin that we have. First off, we've talked about this verse again. It's the main one for today. Uh, There's no distinction. For all have sinned and all continue to sin and fall short. Okay. And if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. The, the, if, if, if we say that, the truth is not in us. Now the other hand, the big if we'll come back to many times. If we confess our sins, turn into away from them, uh, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. To cleanse us. And then the last one. If we say we haven't sinned, if you're here uh, really standing back in your self-righteousness or any of those things, listening somewhere, and, and you say, well, I don't think I really have a problem with sin, then we're calling God a liar. And just from past experiences, I don't think that's a good idea. I did that for a couple decades. It didn't work well for me. But the bottom line is there's two sides to this. The wages of sin is death because because all sin spiritually separates us from a holy God I can't come into a relationship, a marriage, a connection with the holy God with sin in my life. I can't go to a holy heaven if I'm packing sin one sin makes it no longer heaven and it makes God no longer holy so uh, sin wages is death each sin has to be paid for but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. This is, this is our option for today, you know for those who might be in doubt, uh, praying you'll agree, sin is like a cancer released inside of our body. If we if we don't attend to it, it'll it'll grow, it'll it'll mature, it'll metastasize, it'll spread to other parts of our life. Once we start saying no to God and God's standard, there really is no line in the sand that's going to stop us, because we'll continue to justify, deny, and to slide down that slippery slope that. Uh, that I certainly was on for a good part of my life. It's repentant sinners. It's the big if. If we confess in that verse. If we confess, then He can forgive us. I, I stand in awe, and each follower of Christ should stand in awe of the gift that He's given us. The good news that that He will forgive us our sins as we turn to Him. You know, stop uh, before we go on, and and I I, I need to say something that's Uh, True, but no one likes. Very, very few people follow God's path. The number is is small percentages. 2% in our current culture understand biblical Christianity. Jesus tells us in his premier message, Sermon on the Mount, he tells us to enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter it. There's a lot on that road, but but the narrow road of people who will honestly own their sins, commit to change them, to follow Christ, to see His truth, to transform our lives. It's very narrow, and oh by the way, <laughs> that way is hard. That, that way is hard, but it leads to life, and those who find it are few. And here's the warning. For 2021, beware of the false prophets who offer you an easy way, an open wide. All you have to do is say these words, and it's all done forever. No, it's a commitment of the heart. It's seeing sin. It's changing a life. You know, that's that's so much of, of, of our stories that very few find it, you know, uh, people, you know, are deceived and they reject the diagnosis of being a habitual sinner. In, in our culture, it's really hidden. It's hidden behind multi, multiple veils. You know, we're told that uh, the gospel, the good news of Christ is veiled. It's veiled to those who are perishing. But look at, look at who's behind that. In their case, the God of this world, this would be Satan, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers... People are blinded to their sin. Uh, they, they can't, to keep them from seeing the light of the good news of Jesus, that He came to save sinners. We, it's hidden. And we actually see this concept of the cross mocked and made fun of. Because uh, what the cross is telling us to do is lay your life down, crucify your life for God. And, and it's a total commitment. It's, it's willing to give up control. It's, it's willing to turn our lives over to Jesus Christ, to turn from the things that, that we used to do. The word the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it's the power of God. You know, this, is, this is the promise that we have. The, the cross changes everything because we move through it in our culture because Satan of this world has blinded the minds. We're taught that we really don't have an issue with sin, we're told to deceive ourselves and to keep, maintain it. We, we've trained our kids for decades to keep a high self-esteem despite their behavior. No, no. Despite their behavior. We're, as adults, we're told self-esteem. Think, you got to love yourself before you can love anyone else. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I have never had trouble living my, you know, loving myself. I feed it. I feel self. I feed self ice cream every night. I feed, I take care of self, I like myself. And this is this concept of we don't love ourselves. The Bible says no man ever hateth his own flesh. We protect It's self defense. We we defend ourselves in front of anyone who might push back against us. Satan has done it. We live in a uh, a world where we're canceling culture and we're canceling Jesus Christ. We're we're, we're taught to keep, continue this to tell ourselves we're good people that we can create our own path to God. We don't have to follow his narrow, hard way. We don't have to reject our sins. And and, and they're really not that big enemy, because we justify them. Oh, yeah, I sin, but it's just a little lies. I've taken stuff, but it's little. Yeah, I'm angry at this person in my heart, but that's not murder. There's nothing really serious about that. Oh, yeah, I have those thoughts. Uh, when I watch TV or pornography or see people walking by. I, I, but no big deal. That's just human. Uh, God says that's, that's human, but it's also sin. If we claim that despite our sins and failures and hurtful action that we're good people and not sinners, we're calling God a liar and hoping that somehow we purchase the magic lotto and get a get out of hell free card. That's what we're hoping for as a culture. That's what we point, and that's what we point to everyone. Why? Because that's the view of the world today. Uh, The other primary verse for this is that there's two ways to look at the world. We can look at it through God's eyes, where sin becomes apparent, the need for repentance becomes obvious, that our real condition is being a sinner, or we can look at it through the world's viewpoint. That we're really good people, we're just the result of a progression of evolution, uh, accidents and randomness, so we're certainly not to blame for anything that we do. And if we do do things wrong, it's because someone else has hurt us. Uh, We're victims of the sin in the system, that's the secular worldview, modern psychology teaches us that. Uh, We're taught by the by the lies of Sigmund Freud or Abraham Maslow or B.F. Skinner or, or Dr. <laughs> Dr. Uh, Phil uh, or Carl Jung, all of these known psychologists will tell you that we're okay. We're really good people basically and, and we just got to find out who hurt us to make it right. We don't have to work about ourselves. It's them. We live in the age of selfie, and this, this this veil of self, I love this analogy that was given in a book I just read. This veil of self keeps us from seeing God and seeing our need. It's the, it's the veil that's between us and the truth of God. It's self-esteem. It's a veil self-adulation, self-actualization, uh, selfish, self-promotion, self-entitlement. Make no mistake, this veil of self keeps us from seeing our real need in Christ you know, and the worst part of this veil is it's coming to the church. Most churches don't teach or preach or talk about sin, repentance, abhorrence, the cross—that you have to die to self to live for Christ. It's taught; it's just life enhancement. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, Lies come in. The time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but they'll look for people, and you can go home now and turn the TV on, and you can listen to preachers tell you that you're okay. You can have your best life now because you are so cool, and God loves you so much. You don't have to change anything. He loves you just the way you are. And, and all of that, uh, we get teachers that will tickle our ears. The gate is narrow, few percent. I said this earlier, 2% of the people in our country understand Biblical Christianity Regular church, these are regular church attenders claiming to be followers of Christ in 2000. Actually, that was 2020. uh, They claim to be good enough to earn heaven. 48% of the people sending churches today think they're good enough to earn heaven. These are Christians by their own definition. Uh, uh, They have a biblical worldview. Only 10% see the world through God's eyes, and only 16% believe that there's absolute moral truth that's defined in the Bible. These should be scary to everyone, but they're the reality of the country we live in, the culture we live in at this time. You know, there's a spiritual sickness that's, that's floating throughout of our country, and there's a spiritual diagnosis for it, and the result is death. But so many times it's like our, our physical health. You know, uh, many of us know people who have experienced this when things aren't going right, uh, we got some, just we're losing energy, we're not feeling like we got it going on like we, we should. Uh, we justify it for a while, then eventually we go to the doctor and find out what's wrong. And many of us come up with diagnosis and, and not making light of it, it could be a heart issue, could be high blood pressure, uh, it, it, it could be a number of things, but we're just not there. So the doctor runs all the tests because we can afford anything in our country, and we come back to him. And he says, Whoa, you got heart issues, you got high blood pressure, you got this, you're getting these mini- you got stuff going on and you need to fix it. You need a radical change inside of your life. What you're saying is your health you've been a sinner. You've been violating the basic maintenance of what's going on inside of you. And so he will lay out a strict routine. He will say, "Well, the first thing you got to do is you got to change your diet. You got to start sleeping, you got to start exercising. You can't eat that food anymore." Ice cream goes away. <sighs> All of these things. He lays out this rigid course. And most people have the a standard response. What will happen if I don't? And he'll say, well, you're going to get sicker. It's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. And they walk out of that door and they don't do any of it. That's why 90% of the diseases in our country are self-inflicted. We choose to ignore the obvious evidence. Now, I don't bring that up to condemn anyone, and I'll, I'll meet you for lunch afterwards and show you that I'm not totally condemned. <laughs> but, but the truth is, uh, spiritually, that's what we do too. Jesus gives us a very clear diagnosis. We're sinners. We're going to die. We need to make a decision as to what we're going to do with our life. How are we going to respond? Are we going to submit ourselves to a rigid discipline? Because the clear diagnosis, again, back to the basic verses, if we say we don't sin, we deceive ourselves. If we say we have not sinned, we're making God a liar. But, but the good news, if we seek God... God says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me will find me. If we seek God, if we seek his answers, God is in front of us, drawing us. You know, if we repent, change our lives, our behavior. And now, my story said it so many times. I was 33 years old. I was living my own life, and oh, by the way, I thought I was way cool. Just, I know that comes as a shock, but I was that deceived I thought i was a good person i thought i was a christian even though nothing manifested inside of my life honored god you know i i started looking at what was there and i got i got tweaked by the truth at one point in my life because god came after me and in that transition i started a six-month study of the bible attending church and really listening and it, and it took a while I was a Marine, so that's really slow of thought and thinking. You know, uh, Navy, guys can, Navy guys can do it in two months, but Marines six months. Uh, I, I came to the conclusion that I was a sinner. And there was only one answer, and that was Jesus Christ. I faced the truth. And so uh, that's the encouragement out of this for each and every one of us, not to deny the obvious evidence. Because, because God is faithful to forgive us, If, if, if we acknowledge our sin. These two verses uh, give a a really clear answer. He says, if we confess our sins, then he is faithful to forgive us. If we do that, if we admit our need, it's there. Now this next verse is a little, uh, we've used it several times, but look what's added. There's no distinction. All have sinned and all are continuing to sin, falling short of the glory of God. But we are justified. Now there's a word. Justified means that in God's eyes, it's just as if we've never sinned. We are justified by God's grace as a gift, not a works, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. How does God do that? How does a just God just waive our sins? Well, he doesn't. Because all sin has to be paid for. And then we get this fancy word. How do we get rid of our sins? How does God remove them? He put Jesus forward as a propitiation by his blood. Propitiation. An expiatory sacrifice to extinguish the guilt incurred. What that really means is that Christ paid for our sins. Christ removed them from us and put them on Him. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. He is put forward as a payment for our sins. It is literally uh, stated so many times in the Bible that Jesus bore our sins on the cross. And and by the way, this He bore our sins on the cross not that we can continue to live our lives the way we were living it before but he, He bore them that we might Die to sin, oh my, there's sin again, and live to righteousness out of love for the God that dies for us. We continue to follow Him. God made us alive together with Christ, having forgiven all of our trespasses and sins. How? By canceling them. By when they were paid for, they were nailed to Jesus's cross. And I love the last verse. I I, I dwell on it and. Uh, I'm sure everyone here that's been around for a while knows this. This is God speaking. For our sake, God made Jesus to be sin. The sinless Jesus takes our sin. He knew no sin so that you and I in Christ can become the righteousness of God. Please, one more time. The great exchange. If you haven't got this one down, it's the great exchange. Our sin... Goes to Jesus Christ. It's put on Him. His righteousness, sinlessness is put on us. When God sees us in Christ, He sees us holy and pure. Whoa! That's really the good news. It's the great exchange that took place. Now we know this because it's laid out to us very clearly. In, in John 3.16, the verse we all memorized, he's having football games running around with the crowd, now he's got a mask on, he can't go. Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's just believing in Jesus Christ. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that in order that the world might be saved through him. Listen, whoever has faith whoever believes in Jesus Christ, believes that he is the propitiation, the payment for our sins, this incredible gift. If we know we're sinners, if we know that's the answer, then we have eternal life with Jesus Christ. We are not condemned. That's the narrow path, the broad path that most people turn around and choose inside of our world is to not believe in, in, the, in Jesus Christ. Whoever does not believe, this is the wide path, is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The only path to God. The only path of you know, salvation. The way, the truth, and the life that comes to the Father. And, and this is the judgment that light has come into the world. And people of darkness rather than light because their works were evil. This is the problem. When I was running and gunning, sinning, and, and, and my life was about me, I had no desire to go have all my sins exposed. You know, we talked about it in our Sunday school class, at 9 o'clock, sh- shameless plug, uh, about this, about how, how God moves inside of our lives. We stay away from the light when we're sinners. And that's what happens inside of our world. People don't want to know the truth. So many things that are taking place that any rational person will look at it and say, that's wrong. But they don't look at that, they stay away from it. And so uh, they love darkness rather than light because their their deeds were evil. They didn't want to come to that. And and that and that's really the, the answer that we deal with now. That's really the, the summation of this. Now I I talk to people all the time and I get the honor of talking to people. I love to talk to people. Did you know that? <laughs> but they'll come in and I, I talk to them here, I talk to them in public, wherever it is, and I get a chance to talk to them. I, you know, I, I present Jesus Christ. It's the only song I can sing. And I sing it off tune, you know. But I sing it, that's all I know. I present Christ as the answer to problems. Whether marriage problems, life problems, addiction problems, anything. Jesus is the answer. And, and one of the heartbreaks I have is the same heartbreak that any parent has that watch their kids make decisions that we know are going to end in destruction. We know that's going to happen. And, and as I talk to people and, and, and oh, got a couple. <laughs> yeah, it's so exciting when someone examines their life, sees sin and sees the damage of sin, and, and moves with this abhorrence to past and present sins and turns to Christ. It is so exciting to see that. But on the other hand, it's such a heartbreak. When presented with the truth, they choose to ignore it. Well, let me think about that. I'll get back to you. Well, I get a lot of first dates. They come, they listen, and they don't come back because they don't like the diagnosis. And they certainly don't like the treatment that follows, that you gotta lay your life down. You know, this is this is the world we live in. And that's why this message to, to acknowledge our sin, that we all fall short, and look at the objective evidence that is there that the creator of the cosmos is reaching out to us. And this isn't blind faith, there's clear objective evidence that God created the world. There's historical, archaeological evidence that proves that Jesus lived, died, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is is well-documented in history. There's there's no doubt of any of this. And a choice is given to each of us. What are we going to do with that? And you know, the application is, is very straightforward. Which path? Which path? The narrow, hard path? Are we going to be conformed to this world? Or are we going to be transformed by seeing life differently? You know, which, which path? <laughs> That's simple. It's John 3:16. We all know the verse, but do we know the verse? God loved you and me and each person enough to send Jesus Christ to die for us. If we, if we believe in him, we'll have eternal life with him in heaven. Just like the three in the video that we watched earlier. Uh, If we don't believe in him, well, we're condemned already. We've chosen to reject God's offer. Simple path. I, I say simple choice. It's not really. I understand the wrestling that goes on in the inside. But it's the only choice we have if we rationally look at the evidence and the hope that we have. If we look around and see Christ moving in the lives of other people, the evidence, the proof. Next week we're going to talk about being saved by faith, but it's not blind, mindless faith, it's rational faith that God offers us so we should commit our lives. Just so join me in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're God, that your plan is perfect, and your truth is spoken into this world. That you send Jesus Christ to die for sinners like me, like each person. That if, the if, we will confess our sins, turn from our sins, past and present, with an abhorrence that will keep us from doing those again, out of love for you, that you will transform us, that you will draw us to you, you will forgive us. We thank you that you will do that in Christ's name. Amen.